You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we're in the question of differential information or uncertain information. We're in boundary cases and we talked about the woman or the man whose spouse goes across the water somewhere foreign, news comes back that they're deceased but they're not deceased. So we're not really states, we're not sure about the status of the husband and the wife. And now, as we enter the sixth Mishnah of the 10th chapter, we're going to get into questions about the status of one of the brothers. What is the status of a brother who's underage? Who's, in other words, who's not of age of majority. And of course, in order to carry out a legal act, and of course, an act of marriage or of yibum is a legal act. In order to carry out a legal act, someone has to be the age of majority. But we've already learned that in the case of yibum, in the case of leveret marriage, the leveret marriage is, is um, finalized when the marriage is consummated. So while you know, in a preliminary sense, that the brother-in-law makes what the Mishnah calls a ma'amar. He makes a, a, an agreement, a betrothal, to marry his sister-in-law. That is only provisional. And it's only when he has intercourse with his sister-in-law that the yibum is far off, or, of course, unless she carries out chalitza. It's only via chalitza or intercourse that the yibum is finally closed off. So what is the status of someone who's underage, who might be physically capable of intercourse, but doesn't have doesn't have uh, legal capacity. And the Mishnah is going to jump in now. Ben Teisha Shanim Echad, who posel al Achin, ve Achin poslin alav, elash who posel poslin A boy of the age of nine years and one day disqualifies, posel, al This means he disqualifies his sister-in-law from his brothers. So remember, we've always said that if there are multiple brothers who can perform yibum, the first one to carry out yibum essentially carries out the mitzvah. And you can't marry, you can't marry your brother's wife. The, the mitzvah of leveret marriage of yibum is an exception. So once one of the brothers has carried out that task, all the other brothers are forbidden from doing so. It's one of these weird mitzvot where we are either mandated or we're forbidden. There's nowhere in the middle. There's nowhere in the middle. So this boy, this boy of nine years old, it seems that his sexual act is sufficient to invalidate his brothers from being able to carry out yibum. This should be alav, but the, 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 the end of the alav, the yudvav, is missing in the manuscript. And his brothers disqualify her from him. In other words, if they carry out yibum, he can't. But there's going to be a but. But he disqualifies them from the outset only, and the brothers disqualify from the outset to the end. 
And we don't really know what that means. And the Mishnah is going to ask, Kate Sad, how does it work? But we've seen this before. It's a literary technique that is particularly common in the Mishnah of Yevamot. The, the Mishnah of Yevamot seems to, it, it's a very unusual Mishnah, right? It claims to be talking about Yevamot, but it's really a, a blueprint for the boundaries of marriage. And of course, what we're defining here are the boundaries of you know, whether a boy who's nine years and one day can get married. We are defining the boundaries of marriage here. But we've seen before that the Mishnah Yivamot likes to articulate some kind of general principle, which we don't understand. Maybe it's useful as a mnemonic for those learning the Mishnah in the Beit Midrash. It, it articulates this general principle, which we don't understand. And then it tries to flesh it out by giving examples. So rather than, if you like, spending too much time on the principle which we're not going to understand let's just let's just go through the examples and then as we go through the examples we should understand what is going on here and we'll understand the underlying principles at a more fundamental level than the the phrase the mnemonic phraseology in which the the mishnah has articulated it so let's pursue the the kate sud kate sud how does it work how does it work let's have some real example now if a boy of nine years and one day had intercourse with his Yivama, so in other words, his brother, his brother has died, his sister-in-law is potentially attached to him as a Yivama, he has intercourse with her. If that happens, he's um he disqualifies her from his brothers. Once he's perform that act his brothers can't get involved they're now forbidden rather than they're now forbidden rather than commanded but if his brothers did this if his brothers had intercourse with her or if they did ma'amar if they performed a rabbinic betrothal or if they gave her a get, or if they submitted to her chalitza, if she performed the ritual of chalitza, thereby exempting herself completely from yibum, baslu al yadav, they disqualify her from him, from him. So in other words, it seems as though these acts which require intention, in other words, giving a ma'amar or giving a get, or giving chalitza, these acts which require intention require someone of majority. But it seems somehow that the the kind of the act of sexual intercourse doesn't require intention. And the Gemara tries to explain it. If we're going to have a look, let's look at the Gemara the, in, um, in Yuvamot. We're in the Jerusalem Talmud. Shmuel says, Shmuel Amar, Divrei Rabbi Meir. Shmuel says in the, in the name of Rabbi Meir, They made the intercourse of a child of nine years and one day like the Ma'amar of an adult. Now that's really interesting. So we've learned that it's really Yibum and Chalitza that, kind of, that are the definitive acts, either intercourse or Chalitza effectively um, crystallize or dissolve the bounds of Yibum. The Ma'amar is a sort of rabbinic betrothal. It's it's put in place because the Rabbis really don't like the idea of, of, of sealing a legal contract via sexual intercourse. So they, they put this Ma'amar in place in between. 
but it's a rabbinic it's a it's a you know it's a rabbinic act if you give a woman ma'amar then she has to be released with a get um if you do this to two women then um maybe your brother had two wives you give them both ma'amar we've learned already you have to give them both a get so it's it's a rabbinic enactment we're saying that the intercourse of a child of nine years and one is a bit like the ma'amar of an adult. It has some force, but it doesn't have full legal force. And the Gemara is going to ask why. Why did they make the intercourse of a child of nine years and one day like the ma'amar of an adult? Because the intercourse of an adult acquires whether intentional or not intentional. And we've learned this already, by the way, that back in the sixth chapter of Yuvamot, we learned that the sexual relationship between um, the, if you like, the Yabam and the Yivama, between the brother-in-law and the widow of the deceased brother, that has legal force, whether it's accidental or intentional. It, it's a very odd Mishnah. We learned it in the sixth chapter, whether accidental or intentional, that act has legal force. And I guess that the Gemara here is saying is, look, because that act has legal force, regardless of intent, someone who's a minor and who doesn't have legal capacity for intent can still carry it out. I think that's what I think that's what the Mishnah is saying. And then the Mishnah is going to give other examples that sort of flesh out, sort of flesh the position out. So let, let's just carry on down the Mishnah because we're really still in the Kate Sad. How does it work? So let's say a boy of nine years and one day had intercourse with his Yivama. And then his brother, who was of the age of nine years and one day. So he's got a brother who's also a minor. And he had intercourse with her. I mean, if she's um, uh, a widow, I mean, she has a connection of, of Yibum, possibly to both brothers. Pasal al-Yadav, the second intercourse makes Pasul the first one. In other words, she disqualifies her. So this is like the situation of two ma'amars. We we learned actually in the Mishnah of Yivamot in the fifth chapter. If someone did ma'amar with two women, they need gitin and chalitza. So the ma'amar is strong enough, if you like, to require a get to dissolve it. But it's not strong enough to ensure that the first ma'amar disqualifies the second. If a ma'amar were definitive, then the first one will be conclusive and the second would have no meaning at all. And similarly with the act of intercourse, if the sexual relationship of the nine-year-old, the nine-year-old in one day was definitive, then what his brother did the next day would have no meaning, would have no meaning at all. Because... He's already completed the Yibum. But the Mishnah here is saying, if the Mishnah is saying, look, if a boy has intercourse with his Yibamah one day, and then his brother 
has intercourse with her the next day, and his brother disqualifies her from him, that the Mishnah is essentially saying, look, neither of these acts are definitive. So there is something about the sexual act which somehow transcends intent, but it doesn't quite work. It, it's not quite definitive without intent. In order for closure, we need a Yabam who is an adult. And I think that maybe that's the best way of explaining this conundrum that the Mishnah gave us. Um, he disqualifies his brothers and his brothers disqualify from him. But he kind of makes uh, um, an initial disqualification. The brothers i.e. the adult brothers, disqualify from the beginning to the end. In other words, they make the definitive act. And someone who's under the age of majority can't make the definitive act. And by the way, Rabbi Shimon's going to object. So we have this, this um, ambiguous situation of the two brothers. And Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon Omer, lofasal. Rabbi Shimon says, no. Doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Rabbi Shimon seems to be unsure as to whether the um, sexual act of a nine-year-old has any meaning at all. But of course, if it does have meaning, then the first, the f then she's married to the first brother. And if it doesn't have meaning, well, if it doesn't have meaning, then neither act of neither of the brothers have any meaning at all, and she's not disqualified. So Rabbi Shimon, if you like, has a black and white view whereas the halakha seems to view it more in grey. The halakha seems to say that the sexual act of a, someone who's below the age of majority, it has some impact, but that impact is not definitive. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.